1: Hi, this is Sally Cade Holmes, Managing Director of Next Chapter Podcasts, here to tell you about a pretty cool new offering from our friends at Apollo Podcasts. You can now find the Play On Podcasts on Apollo Plus, a creator-owned platform where every subscriber helps audio fiction creators such as us. You can listen ad-free, early access to exclusives, behind-the-scenes, supercuts, and more on Apollo Plus. On top of all that, 70% of the revenue on Apollo Plus goes directly to creators. Join Apollo Plus through the Apollo Podcasts app or by going to apollopods.com. Hi,
2: my name is Michael Goodfriend, and I'm the executive producer of the Play On Podcasts at Next Chapter Podcasts. This is part two of my interview with Lawrence Schrag. Is there an instrument that speaks louder than the rest in this score?
0: Uh, from Prospero's perspective, the cello. Um, what I, I I wrote a theme. I mean, it was. I wrote a theme and had a cellist perform it. His name is uh, Cameron Stone, and I had him perform. The thematic material uh, in various permutations, and then I sent it to a sound programmer, who would who then manipulated Cameron's performances. I didn't want it to sound like 16th century. I wanted it to be a contemporary story, so I I wanted to bring it forward in the sense of having uh, a different sonic idea for prospero that hadn't been heard so the the programmer's name is steve Tavoloni, who took the thematic material and the performances of cameron and did a lot of sonic manipulation and that evolved into some of the performances that i would then use to program and write with afterwards so it was an evolution of uh how i came up with prospero's material
2: so i'd love to just hear just what cameron stone recorded for you the sort of the raw cello can we just listen to a little bit of that
0: of course of course
2: And can we hear how Steve Tavallone, um manipulated it, right? You said he kind of manipulates it and distorts it a little bit.
0: Yeah. So he colors everything and um, he, he, to me, he brings it into the 21st century.
2: Okay. So let's listen to what he did with Cameron's recording. And then this gets woven into this sort of overall theme for Prospero,
0: yeah? Correct, correct. And it, it, even within that, I then had cues that were the uh, manipulated sounds of Steve, and I had Cameron play on top of it afterwards. Oh,
2: let's hear, let's hear an example of that.
0: I forgive you. I do. Cold hearted though you are, the spell dissolves apace, and as morning steals upon the night melting the darkness so their minds begin to clear. He's less dark, like he sees an opening, he sees the end of the story on the island, and I wanted him to be more human, so he's less manipulative, and I wanted to have the cello the natural cello start to come forward and then by the end it's just cello
2: so the theme that accompanies prospero in a sense evinces his duality correct that's so brilliant and we listening we don't know this obviously when you watch a film or you listen to something like a podcast you know something that's got this level of Attention paid to composition, are you hearing these layers? Are you do you pick up on it when it's not your work?
0: sometimes so, I mean, there are many composers I'm listening to and go, "Oh my goodness, I need to steal that totally, you know, or they're really good storytellers. Or what do they just do and I'll listen back you know like how did they do that And, and I'm still um, stealing all the time. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yes, I mean, most great artists will say that they steal,
0: (laughs) but you know, eventually, you steal and you use it a couple of times. And by the third time you're using it, it's kind of integrated into your material versus just it's still their material. So it takes a bit of time, but yeah.
2: What went into the creating of Ariel's music?
0: So, so for me, it comes from the island. The island, you know, in theory, is somewhere between, you know, Italy and North Africa. So I wanted to have this colors of North Africa. I wanted to use scale material, a modal material that was coming from a different world than Italy to, to make distinctions of that. So I wanted her to sound a bit more mysterious than someone coming from Naples. I mean, it was really just a coloristic perspective and a, and a scalar perspective. And knowing we had Kuhu, I um, thought it was just such a unique opportunity, because Kuhu's a you know, badass singer, that I wanted to write something unique for her. She's just, uh, so it started me thinking about what could I use, do for her voice and how could we use her voice in the context of the score? How could we take advantage of her being so like multi-talented and, and wanted to do that and, and to find a, a unique way to use it and unique colors and perspectives?
2: So, what informed the decision to place it between uh, Italy and North Africa? What in the is that just directly from the
0: script? I mean, I stretched it for sure, and but I really wanted to uh, the idea of it to to have a broader sonic sonic palette, and this is an opportunity to open it up. And you did something
2: that I've just found so it, it's it's so rewarding orally um this layering technique can you describe that how it's used
0: it's really just you know I want I mean I heard a bunch of songs for full thousand five I mean these are it's classic Shakespearean material and I didn't want to do that I wanted to find a way in that was felt more contemporary felt um like it's coming from uh, this century and I hadn't heard a lot of approaches that did S- certainly a, a bunch have but um i wanted to find a way in that was more that could play like a song you know that could feel like a verse chorus from the you know come down to the yellow sands through to full fathom five i want to f- have that like come down feel like a verse and then in full fathom five feel like a chorus so I designed it that way, and then um, I really just was using contemporary pop layering techniques of how to use vocals.
2: Who does that
0: in contemporary pop? Uh, who doesn't? Is you know, Billie <laughs> Eilish. Billie Eilish. So many so many singers you know are overlaying themselves on their vocals and it creates this unique richness that um, would have the vocals make it have a distinct sound from just her speaking voice and I wanted to have that distinction let's let's listen to
2: just one layer if it's all right with you I'd like to like listen to to, to... Kuhu singing, full fathom five, and we'll just listen to one of those layers, and then we'll listen. Well, let's we'll we'll start with the the one layer. And now, can we listen to? The, the sort of the final version here with, with all the layers stacked.
0: You'll hear it starting, you know, thinner where, where it might be just two layers to six layers, from the beginning to the end, and the whole thing would grow.
2: Okay, so-, so when you compose the song, and you did this layering, it starts out very thin and then continues on as the song gains traction.
0: Correct. Yeah. And it grows and it grows from there. Yeah. And I wanted it to, you know, by the time we get to Full Fathom Five, for it to, to have more of a largesse from Come Down, you know, which is more mysterious.
1: Play on Premium to get merch like t-shirts, hoodies, and coffee mugs, ad-free episodes, and bonus content video featuring interviews with the actors, producers, playwrights, and directors who brought it all to life. Go to ncpodcasts.com and subscribe to Play on Premium to support the art and the artists.
2: It's incredible how music makes people feel
0: emotion, isn't it? Yeah.
2: Is that, do you think, what really drew you to it?
0: I think so. I, I do like being, I love the art and the craft, but there is an emotional component that um, is very fulfilling and can, getting lost in other characters, having the empathy to be part of their lives and to be in their character and to write from their perspective. It's touching for me
2: you said that uh, uh some of the characters have a very different fe- well they all the characters are distinct but then there's those those characters who are italian right alon uh, alonso king of naples and uh antonia from milan when they're in the podcast did, are you creating music that is more of that part of the world or
0: did you not I, get that specific i was overly specific i use neapolitan harmonies um, that are quite specific and melodic material that is much more chromatic versus smooth and scalar um from let's say ariel or prospero which is broader intervallic leaps the the Italians were more chromatic, darker, uh, you know, um, harmonically more dense, um, different instrumentation. Um, I tr- tried to make it as to each character as distinct as possible with different instrumentation, different scalar material, different harmonic material, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera.
2: So can you tell us her character, like which instruments are most attuned to whom? You know what I mean? Like, like does Alonso have an instrument in the same way that sort of Prospero has a cello? Uh,
0: yes. Um, a lot of the, the Italians, I, I didn't do them as just. Dis- individually distinct i did it more as a collective color yeah. um, and they had more like not not harpsichord but certain sounds of that era that i manipulated and made more contemporary yes yeah, so it was more of that and the the, the melodic material was it didn't have any why it was just more chromatic mm-hmm. versus or be it had, having wider intervals. It just I wanted it to feel a little bit more like they're all kind of they're in court. They're still in court and they're still arguing. They're still manipulating. They're still like trying to shape things. And, and it's never a clear intent. Well, actually, one of them did. But you know, it's just it felt murkier for me. Oh, mm. and is it is it informed by
2: any period? In the history, the Italian music.
0: Well, the Neapolitan harmony is very much of that era. Yeah. Okay. That I that I used, and uh, that was very intentional. Then there's Caliban. Yeah. Caliban, darker, more interesting, unique. Uh, Caliban is also, you know, light and dark. And so I didn't want him to have any real melodic material. That to me, it was just a texture and an earthiness and a um, rhythmic quality. Like he could, he, there's a random quality to him. I wanted the music to feel a little bit more random and like he didn't quite know where it was going to go, but very dark.
2: And then there's the lovers. And there's a theme that kind of permeates the lovers. Ferdinand and Miranda. Did you try to bridge the divide between Ireland
0: and Italy? Or uh, uh, A friend of mine was here when I was recording uh, who's from uh, he's a student of mine from Italy and he was listening and goes, Lawrence, you're an Italian composer. I said, what do you mean? He says, these melodies are very Italian. and I, you know, I wasn't aware of that but I wanted to write something heartfelt and and let's just, you know, I've stolen from Morricone all my life. Ennio Morricone, who's one of the great melodic writers. Um, so I I mean I was probably influenced by that, not intentionally, but yeah.
2: It works just beautifully. And and you know, it really we 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 delight in their their love because so much I mean the the music the music supports that sort of effervescent feeling or maybe it even makes us feel that uh, it, it just is so it, it, you know just as music makes you feel things it also makes you see colors right in, in different ways that I the the music that it's the sort of the lover's scenes makes me see things more brightly it feels like their images are bright, brighter
0: even Well, the words are pretty good the performances are pretty good <laughs> However, that? I did, I, the, their material was accompanied by some of the sounds I used in the island theme, which I wanted to have this effervescence, this kind of magical quality, too, that was sort of this bubbling sound that you didn't quite know what, what it was, but there were a lot of different string techniques and, and uh, different coloristic you know, sounds that were very transparent, but bubbling I, you know for me the island was I wanted to create a theme that felt like birds and insects like what does that sound like musically <laughs> yeah and um, I used some of those sounds for the love theme because this is its a, they're coming together on this island is true magic and you worked with the sound designer Lindsay Jones wonderful yeah what
2: was that like? So d- does is that common for a sound designer and a composer to be separate
0: jobs? Of course. It, I mean, it's it's done that way in film all the time. You have sound effects editors, you have dialogue editors, you have all of that stuff. However, Lindsay is quite unique that he's also extremely musical and understands music and use, knows how to use music skillfully. So I'm grateful for that. So um, he's... Um, uh, multi-talented, and it was uh, very helpful for me. But it's a real, I mean, in, in the same
2: sense that a playwright hands a play over to a director and, and, and a cast and just has to hope for the best, and it's, a, it's such an act of trust, right? You're handing your music over to the sound designer, essentially, right? The sound designer then utilizes it... Pretty much as they
0: see but, fit. So there's a commonality, however, we're both taking direction from Andy. Okay. And that's, you know, I know that, uh, whatever I give Andy's going to use in the way he wants. i as soon as it leaves the studio, it's no longer my music. Uh-huh. It's Andy's music to use as he wants and how he wants to shape the story. And it's, uh, it's always an act of surrender to pass it along, but it's no longer mine mm-hmm. at that point. And it took me a couple of decades to surrender to that. And um, uh, I'm healthier because I have.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine it. Well, uh, again, I relate it back to actors who see a performance cut together that that they you know using takes that they didn't like, you
0: exactly. know. Um, you go, oh, I had three better takes than that. Why did they use that? <laughs> and it was because someone in the background was moving, or, or whatever it is. It's like it's it's messed up. But <laughs> yeah, so it's an act of surrender, and it is, it, and it's the creative collaboration that you. We don't have control, and the, the, and it's narcissistic to believe that we do.
2: What do you want people to come away with? when they hear this
0: score, when they hear these podcasts? An appreciation for an amazing story that, that's uh, told well and directed well and produced well. And, and hopefully I have. I mean, it's really not a, a, about what I want. It's about um, what the collective has produced, and I think it's kind of remarkable.
2: Did this feel like working on a film, or did it feel different?
0: different in the same the same in the sense that it's i'm coming up with thematic material and and allowing to how am i going to tell the story how am i going to what are the characters what are locations what are all of that material um what is that informing me and and what am i going to write so that feels very much the same and and recording process was the same. And, but um, the difference is, you know, it's a hell of a good story. I mean, that's, that's different. It's language that is so rich that it feels different. It feels, this is iconic material. And, and so it felt different for me. It felt like I'm on hallowed ground. And I had to be very, um, I had to honor it. And because of that, you know, I was very, I mean, I'm listening to the words different. I'm listening, and also because it's radio or, or, you know, podcast, you write differently for this than you would for film. In the sense that in film, you'd see someone come on screen. Here. I had to be very programmatic. And when so-and-so was present, I had to create that material and, and to t- say who's who's present. Mm. So you have to write differently for that. And you have to um, be subtle and, and, and not hit people in the head, but to inform of what's going on. Because there's no camera, so it's a it's a different art form. That hopefully I I did okay. I mean, Andy (laughs) I think was really helpful in terms of where and what's going to happen and what he was wanting for each character. And I thought that it was um, it's different and the same. So,
2: well, that that brings up a question that I wanted to ask you, which is have you listened have you listened to the finished episodes when they've been published or are you
0: yeah yeah no i think it's it's kind of um it's very it's great storytelling it's a it's colorful um there's a lot of depth to the image of the sound which you know lindsay is clearly involved with and placing things and hearing things and um Mm -hmm. Performances are intriguing, and, and it's 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 kind of amazing to to listen to anything that
2: you, in particular, are proud of in your own work on
0: this. I thought it was colored well. You know, I thought it had the texture of of uh, the location. Mm-hmm. I thought it had. I was inside the characters enough that that we we felt them and uh i felt proud that i think i i found that balance it was a gift uh
2: for you to give your time and talent to us can't tell you how much it means to
0: no it was a, it was a privilege to work on this material i it, it's when someone says shakespeare the next word should be yes
2: Well, thank you again, Lawrence Schrag. Uh, You have just done a masterful job here, and it's our honor to have been able to work with you.
0: Yeah, back at you. It's just uh, been a a privilege to uh, do something like this. I didn't expect um, this kind of material to fall in my lap at this point in my life. And I'm glad it didn't happen earlier because I don't think I would have been musically ready. You've been
2: listening to the Play On Podcast bonus content series. You can learn more about the Play On Podcasts at Next Chapter Podcasts website, ncpodcasts.com. That's N as in next, C as in chapter, podcasts with an S at the end, dot com where you can find other play on podcast series and interviews, along with talk podcasts like The 500, The 10, Beef with Bridget Todd, and a whole lot more. I'd like to thank Jeremiah Tittle, the founder of Next Chapter Podcasts, and my producer, Pete Musto. Our audio engineer and editor is Justin Cortese. Be sure to subscribe to Next Chapter Podcast for updates on all the latest content, and don't forget to rate and review our shows. I'm Michael Goodfriend, and I look forward to sharing more incredible works in the Play On Podcast series with you, along with lots of enlightening bonus content at Next Chapter Podcasts.